Hello, and welcome to a striking episode of the Drywall Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Harmon. With us today, Curtis Fa of Fa Finishing. He's not just another 20-something with a fancy mustache. He's much more. We discuss getting products from the CSR online store, We also talk about uh, the tools and how running the semi-automatic tools has segued into automatic tools and also unique corner beat application. On the no-coat without having to try to balance my my wheel at a certain place to fill your traditional corner bead, I could just run my wheel quarter inch, half an inch off the outside. Ah, so that no-coat aids well... You, a lot of people don't finish with a, their outside corners with a box. Curtis is a younger person in the trade at 28, and I appreciate his perspective. The Drywall Podcast was brought to you today exclusively by Fresco Harmony. Fresco Harmony, making walls better since 2004. If you have questions about Fresco Harmony or the Drywall Podcast or anything, you can contact me directly at info at frescoharmony.com. For now, Curtis Fa of Fa Finishing on the 31st episode of the Drywall Podcast. Let's get into it. Curtis Fa of Fa Finishing out of Stratford, Ontario. Yeah. Did I get it? <laughs> yeah. I was just looking up uh, Stratford on uh, the uh, Google Maps. And um, yeah, it looks, I mean, you're close to Toronto. It's Ontario is just uh, seems like a beautiful, beautiful province. Yeah, it definitely, uh, definitely has its really nice areas. Once you get further up north, then you get into some kind of cottage country, lots of lakes, lots of woods. It's uh, it's beautiful up, beautiful up there, but Southern Ontario definitely has its perks. Right. So Bernie's from up there, right? Uh, I believe. I think I heard that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, his uh podcast drops this Friday. Sorry, Go for I, it. I never heard of uh, Bernie until I actually I met him at uh, CSR uh, when they had their Black Friday event. And then I heard oh, okay. that he's doing a podcast with you. So I was looking at his page and wow, that guy's an artist. Yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, his stuff went viral. Brian kitchen, um, did a video with him. We talk all about it, but, uh, he, uh, his art went viral. He got into the San Francisco globe and, uh, like got 2 million hits on like one of his things. And it was, it was kind of overwhelming for him. Uh, but he is a, uh, phenomenal artist with, uh, joint compound for sure. Uh, did you, how did you find out about me? We'll start there. That's always a fun place to start. How did you find out about the drywall podcast? Uh, well, I'm on, uh, I'm on a few of the drywall groups on, uh, Facebook. Uh, I joined those maybe okay. a year or two ago. Um, not really contributing, just more or less watching from the sidelines. So I saw, I, I, I saw some of your posts about the drywall podcast on there and then I, found the podcast itself and gave that a listen and found your Instagram page and cool. Cool. To reach out and try to get on. Yeah. A lot of the Canadians are very much, uh, Instagram inclined. Yeah. Versus fa- versus Facebook. I'm just something I'm noticing. Um, I, for some reason, uh, Fresco Harmony, the drywall podcast has like, you know, there's this world of Canadian drywallers that are phenomenal, but like, there's just this like awesome connections that are being made, you know, and this blurred line between the United States and Canada as it pertains to drywall, uh, that I find fascinating and awesome. Like there's a lot of, uh, Canadians that are, I'm interviewing and, uh, it's great. You know, how old are you, Curtis? You seem pretty young. Uh, I'm 28. Oh, okay, cool. So another young, uh, young buck in the industry. Uh, Cam, uh, Cameron Brown, have you seen some of his stuff? 
that that's y- your man Cam? It's your man Cam, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm. Uh, I follow him on Instagram, and I, I listen to his episode on uh, yeah. on cool. your podcast too. And he's here right now doing uh, doing a bunch of fresco and stuff. As you may have seen, uh, we're having a lot of fun. He's a cool, cool guy. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he seems like it. Um, Curtis Foe. So you are, and you're sporting your uh, CSR building supply uh, shirt, yeah. as am I. Um, made a mess and, of it. But... Yeah, that's okay. That's a, that's what the, I think that's what they're for. <laughs> um, I met you at CSR uh, briefly, though. It was very busy. Tell me a little bit about your experience. Um, do you shop at CSR? Is that a good location for you to shop at? You can save, you know, whatever you want. And then, um, you know, what was your, uh, you know, have you gone to like these types of events at CSR before? Uh, no, that was my first time actually going to the store um, okay. in person. Um, I bought maybe, well, probably most of my most of my equipment online through CSR. Okay, um, they just their website is better than anyone else around. There's a, there are a few good um, good drywall stores in the area, but CSR's website is hands down the best for for ordering online. So I got okay. a lot of my a lot of my equipment through them. Why do you think that is? Just, I, I don't know. Like there's, there's a couple other stores, like for example, Tapers United. Um, and I think that's Mississauga, Stan. He has an incredible store and he'll bend over backwards to, to satisfy you as a customer, uh, which is awesome. But the website just, just isn't there. Like CSR's website, they have all their products in a very organized way that you could just find online and purchase. But um like I said, this Tapers United, amazing store, amazing, uh, amazing guy that runs it. Just the website's not there. Okay. So you like Tapers United too. Um, yeah. but CSR just how I agree. Um, and I try to do that with the Fresco Harmony website, keep it very simple. Uh, you know, easy to order, you know, paint by numbers and, uh, you know, and then when somebody orders something too, I assume CSR, gets it out to them quickly you get your product quickly and efficiently yeah i I place an order sunday evening and it's already at my house key that's so key because you're competing with amazon who you know like you get something next day (laughs) you know don't even have to pay for it you know so like i think it's important uh and that's good feedback as well, because by the time this airs, I will have announced, although it's a secretive now that Fresco Harmony is going to be on the, the CSR website, um, which I'm- Oh, that's excited. awesome. Yeah. I'm very excited gonna... about that. I'm definitely yeah, yes. that. You'll get to, you'll get very shortly, sir. Uh, probably, uh, I, they, they're getting the product this week, hopefully. Like I got to deal with customs and all that, but uh, hopefully they'll be getting a very a lot of it this week. And he wants to like start turning the crank on getting it online, and then okay. I'll probably we'll probably do a training uh, early February up there, another training. So you'll have to come for that. Oh, so you're coming back to Toronto? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, I I can make that. Yeah, it's key for me too to make sure ensure not only you know it's one thing to just to sell a product up there through an awesome company like CSR. But I think it's another thing to really ensure success, success with the product and that they have success and that the end user, uh, you guys have success. And a lot of, uh, so I talk about that a lot during like a training, I would talk about sales, um, not, not just application, but sales and stuff like that. So I'm beyond excited, dude. It's going to be awesome. Um, but, uh, cool. That's good. See, so that's good feedback for me. I want to know that their, uh, website is the best and I'm, you know, I'm super stoked to be, uh, you know, hooking up with those guys for sure. Yeah. You you pick the right, the right place to sell your product in Canada. Well, I mean, you know, they picked me, man. They, they were cool. They were cool. And it was, uh, it was very good synergy. So, uh, you know, I couldn't have asked for a better, uh, uh, introduction to the Canadian market for sure. Yeah. That's awesome. 
Um, Curtis Foe, the uh, Foe or Fa? It's like Fa. Fa. <laughs> yeah, I have a very, very oddly spelt last name that yeah. will never be pronounced correctly if just read. So yeah. I kind of tried to spell my name how it's pronounced for my business. So it's spelled right. F A H. So Fatch. Yeah. Pronounced Fa. But it's pronounced Fa. And that's French, correct? I think it's German. German. Okay. Okay. Um, how did you, so you're 28, you're pretty young. Um, are you first generation? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. How did you pick this crazy trade, man? <laughs> well, it, it's funny you ask because when I've been working in renovations for probably about six years prior to when I started my business, just over, just about two months ago. Um, and when I was doing renovations, I, I hated drywall, anything to do with drywall. I didn't mind hanging the board. I enjoyed that at the time, but I, I, I didn't like drywall finishing whatsoever. But I also, I didn't have the knowledge. I didn't have the technique. Okay. Um, there was a lot of, of things that I was doing incorrectly, which just made it that much more unenjoyable to me. And then just doing some side jobs, I got this old plaster house tie-in job for a friend of a friend. Um, and I was there for like a month, just working an hour or two an evening after work and made really good money doing it. And I remember that was the first time I had the thought, like, I could, I could do this for a living. Yeah. And then dabbled into uh, can semi-automatic uh, kit with like the compound tube and the applicator heads and the corner flushers and stuff. And that was a game changer. And ever since then, I fell down the rabbit hole for the automatic okay. tools and never looked back. So the semi-automatic tools, and this is so, sort of something that I'm learning because I've been out of the actual drywall game for quite a while doing the fresco stuff. Uh, I was learning at CSR the difference between the semi-automatic tools and the automatic tools. And we're going to get Wolfgang on here too. We'll talk more about the semi-automatic tools. But it seems like they sort of, that's their niche. They go down that that path with the semi-automatic yeah. What I'm hearing you say is the semi-automatic tools were your gateway drug to automatic tools. Correct. Yeah. But Can-Am yeah, without... doesn't Can-Am doesn't make uh, automatic tools. They just they they focus on this uh, the semi-automatic. Yeah, I was actually talking to Zach at C CSR about that, and he said that they did have some uh, some flat boxes. And a couple other automatic tools in the past, but now they're they're mainly focusing on the on the semi-automatic. Okay. And so what tools in particular, what would you say that it was that inspired you to go down that rabbit hole? What was your first and Canam was your first uh introduction into semi-automatic tools? What was your first tool? Yeah. What what's yeah, got you so going in that round? Professional kit. It came with uh, the compound tube. It came with two handles, two corner flushers, and two corner rollers inside and outside. And it also came with um, inside-outside applicator heads and a flat applicator head. So it's basically okay. just like a massive tube, and you put on different applicator heads for different for whatever you're doing. Sure. And, and with that tube and the applicator head, that just applies the mud in far less time than it would take to put on by hand and okay, you're still yeah. you're still applying the tape to the joint by hand but this allows you to put the mud on in seconds whereas putting it on by hand yeah um it takes take time significantly longer so that saves a lot of time just then like just just with that alone do you have um, the outside corner the outside corner applicator tool where you put on the yep. put on the and then do you use tape on corner bead yeah uh my my preference is uh, no coat I like I like the no coat beads, the paper okay. vinyl. Okay. Why? Um, they require a lot less mud to fill. Like your traditional corner bead, like your your paper metal, your metal, your even your trim text, um, even your mud set or your glue on. Like they have um, that peak of the corner, you want to rub 
like run your knife on so you could fill that void completely. Whereas the no coat, it, it has that kind of shape, that taper built into it. So I don't actually have to coat the peak of my outside corners. I, okay. I, could, I could coat quarter inch to a half inch away from that, that peak of the corner. Uh, um, and it's, it's just as nice and it requires less, a lot less mud to fill. Less mud, uh, less money for mud. Yeah. And because I'm not having to coat that peak of the corner, I could run my box comfortably on the no coat without having to try to balance my, my wheel at a certain place to fill your traditional corner bead. I could just run my wheel quarter inch, half an inch off the outside. Ah, that so that no coat aids. Well, you, a lot of people don't finish with a, their outside corners with a box. And, and that saves <laughs> that, a lot of time. Well, I mean, that's a that 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 that's a debate i'm sure uh especially on facebook like if you went on facebook if you wanted to jump into the uh hornet's nest on facebook you'd just go in there and be like i run all my corner my outside angles with uh with a box you know change my mind <laughs> oh, i'll have a hundred comments and 99 yeah. of them tell me i'm an idiot <laughs> yeah oh yeah oh yeah what the hell get out of get out of here rookie <laughs> Yeah, uh, I love it. I but you know what? That's to me like the Facebook groups. Like I, I you know, I'm a glutton for that stuff, man. I just, I'll jump on a thread where somebody's just getting bashed, and I'll just like, you know, read the comments, just be like, what are these guys thinking? <laughs> just leave the guy yeah. alone. <laughs> leave the poor guy alone. <laughs> cool. So how long after? So you started finishing. I'm gonna back up a little bit more. Um, did you work for a company when you first started out? Uh, well, I worked for, for a renovation carp. Uh, well, I was a renovation carpenter, but I, I worked for a renovation uh, contractor. Okay. Um, and I did a little bit of ta taping with them. They generally subbed out their work, but the odd time they'd be slow. Um, so they'd have their guys do the drywall or okay. the subcontractor was too busy and I would hop on. So, so which was nice. So I, I when I got my, uh, my boxes and my Can-Am kit, that's when I kind of went to my boss and said, "Hey, like I want to do more more drywall finishing for you." So I got the chance to to really yeah. Learn but my you tools so you well. didn't know how to use those tools though. I mean, how did did you see something online or how did you discover yeah, I these spent tools? Yeah, I a lot of time on, on YouTube okay. researching this kind of stuff. So the one video okay. in particular, uh, Brian from Drywall Nation, okay, um, he had a good video series on the Can Am kit, and that's what kind of inspired me to to get my hands on it then it's just trial and error from there they're yeah. uh they're pretty user-friendly um watch a couple videos and and again trial and error and you'll pick it up in no time okay all right cool so uh fast forward um you went from working and doing maybe more well one other question i would have is i mean framing seems pretty fun it seems to me like you've chosen drywall finishing over framing. That's kind of interesting. You like it uh, better? Yeah, I, I do. I do enjoy it more. Don't get me wrong. Like I enjoy, I enjoy every aspect of renovations, and, and I, okay. I have enjoyed it for years, and I'm sure I'll continue to enjoy that in the future. But I think I chose drywall just because there's so much going on on a renovation site and working for a contractor, like I, I was responsible for, for every aspect of that job. Even if I wasn't even at that job that day, like if, if the subcontractor comes in and the site's a mess, I'm getting a phone call if I'm running, running that site. Meanwhile, I might not even been scheduled to go to that job site that day. And I mean, that's just, that's just one example, but with, with a drywall finishing, it is hard work, but it's not like I'm, carrying lumber around all day or it's not like i'm i'm busting concrete in a basement and digging trenches to so the plumbers could run their new stuff like it's i, I was at a point where i needed to specialize in something and and drywall finishing just so happened to be that niche that i why did you feel like you had to specialize in something though why why not i mean why not start your own renovation company or something again because of everything else that goes on behind the scenes for a job with drywall finishing. Like I have, okay. I have a few contacts where I'll do work for renovation companies and I'll take on a larger scope of work in terms of the drywall. Like I'll be ordering the materials, I'll be hanging, I'll be finishing, but 
I have new new builders where all I have to do is show up with my tools and put the mud on the wall and make it look good and neat. I don't have to clean up. I don't have to order materials. I don't have to answer my phone call. I don't have to answer clients. You know who you sound a lot like? Who's that? Is, is Bill Gagne. <laughs> did you happen to catch? Did you happen to catch the, the his uh, interview by chance? Yes, I did. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So for our listening audience, if you don't know, Curtis uh, worked for Bill, correct? Yeah. Yeah. He was my first uh, first job in uh, renovations. I guess in the field after after college. Okay. And how'd you like working for Bill? Speak freely. Yeah, he, he honestly like he was he was a great boss to work for. He's very yeah. down to earth, very open minded, very easy to get along with, and he yeah. loved. So like I learned a lot from him, um, and like he's just a guy that you could shoot the shit with. Like totally. very easy to talk totally. to. It's not always about work. It's not always like go go go. It's he like you know he he cares about you as a person, <laughs> even though you are his employee. Whereas you got, I work with people where you're yeah. just an employee. Yeah, you you got lucky. Uh, actually, just getting the experience with him because yeah, a lot of a lot of bosses are crappy, you know, for sure. Um, very cool. So fast forward along the timeline, you how long was it after you had those tools? I guess before maybe you started to. Uh, increase your tool collection, um, you know, with, uh, and and then start to migrate more towards the automatic tools. And are you running all of the automatic tools now? Yeah. So I bought that Can-Am kit um, and that was all I had. So it was, I was using that for all my corner work and then I was still doing my butts, my bevels and, and screws or whatever by hand. Yeah. Um, and then Probably about a year and a half ago, I bought my first boxes and uh, nail spotters and then got the hang of those. And then just recently, maybe about two or three months ago, I got my first ever bazooka. Nice. Um, so that's been a learning curve, but it's going pretty good. I got some good tips from some really good people at CSR. Oh, I'll bet. Uh, at the event, man, you were around like some super pros there and trainers. Yeah. Were you, uh, t- who'd you talk to about uh, running the bazooka? I had a good conversation with Brad Hanna. We spoke maybe about five minutes about it. And oh, cool. uh, also got the hands-on demo with uh, Phil from PRC Taping. Okay. And what type of bazooka do you have? Uh, I bought the North Star. You have a North Star. Okay. So you went with the, the Cadillac, they say. The North Star is like a very yeah. good, good brand of... Uh, why and so what what did you pay for a north star brand new out of the gate um well i got i reached out or sorry i forget exactly how that happened but i was messaging back and forth with ben m taping he's on instagram and i think i just made a comment on one of the stories because he had some north star boxes or something and he said that if you need if you need north star stuff because Everybody sells it, but they're always sold out. So he said, if you need anything North Star, let me know. I can hook you up. Um, so I said, I'm interested in the taper. And so I ended up getting the taper with custom engraved with my logo. Oh, there uh, you go. <laughs> so I think $50 cheaper than buying it new online. Oh, so I great. Got a taper and it's engraved by name. And I got a slight discount on it. And I think overall it was $22.60 before tax. Okay, so that's considerably that's like seven, eight hundred bucks, maybe more than the next down, or maybe less, maybe six hundred bucks more. Well, from what I see, it like the the level five is cheapest, and okay. every everyone else is at that eighteen to two thousand dollar range. So yeah, this one's a, a little bit more expensive, but I do have some level five stuff. Um, but I've just I never used it and talking to some people, they said if they could go back, they would avoid getting the level five just because some of the Why? brands are a little bit more easy, easy to learn on. I think it's a good uh, okay. machine, but if you don't yeah. have the experience, it's going to take you a lot longer to get good at using that one than what it would to use a different brand such as Northstar. 
Yeah. Did so. What did you think of the predator when you use that? Like, I did one little angle with the predator, um, and I ran the bazooka a long time ago. Man, that that thing felt pretty sweet to me. Yeah, it it, it felt great. I uh, <laughs> I honestly like I, I comparable. Like, I, I didn't really notice too much of a difference between the two. Maybe a little bit more weight on uh, oh, okay the one I use because I don't think I used the predator. I think it was the standard aluminum body. Oh, okay. Two, whereas mine's the carbon fiber. Okay. The I think they. I think the one they were using there was was it just the regular? It wasn't a. It wasn't a carbon fiber. I think it was the regular one. I could be. Oh, uh, okay. It sure felt nice. It did. I don't know. I mean, the technology has advanced twenty years since I've used one. I was just like, holy crap, man! I could string some tape with this thing. Yeah. But you like obviously you like your North Star now, and it's engraved. Uh, you know, did you put like uh, Curtis Fall is a badass? That that might be what I would have <laughs> engraved on mine, or like yeah, fast no, fastest uh, tube fastest tube in Canada. Maybe I would engrave yeah, something we like that. Talked about this sooner. I would have. No, it's just uh, <laughs> just my fall finishing logo. <laughs> um, my stilts. I put. Uh, I I painted. Uh, I painted racing stripes on my stilts. You know. Okay, because they're the fastest, you know. I like it. Get, get you a little bit more speed out there on the job. That's right. That's right. And stilts, I do still use, uh, not as much as my guy Jack, but uh, yeah, for all the lids, we use stilts. Yeah, for sure. Very cool. Um, so now you've got your, uh, and then I would say, did you start your own business before? migrating to the fully automatic tool setup um and like what was that transition like you're going from working to somebody to starting your own business was that kind of a you're young i mean was that a big nervous thing for you i definitely was pretty nervous about that um and i think that's what took me so long to take that leap um yeah and, and, and as far as the tools go I pretty much had everything I needed to go out on my own aside from the bazooka. So at that time I was still doing side jobs and I was putting on all my tape with the K&M kit. And then ever since I started my business, I bought the bazooka because I'm getting into much larger jobs where there's a lot more footage where the bazooka is, is justifiable. Whereas before, if I'm just doing like a 50 sheet job on the side, yeah, bazooka would be nice, but you don't really need it for a job that size. No, that no. Full townhouses or full houses, it's uh, it, it's paying for itself. So you weren't doing um, you were doing all your tape with a banjo. What were you using to string a tape? I I had I have a banjo. Um, never really liked it. I don't know why. I just preferred the, the. I don't like it. Yeah, I've I started that I started out watching dudes run the bazooka, and the banjo to me was like a kid's toy. It was like. That's for like doing like fire taping and commercial projects up around pipes and stuff, you know? Yeah. And do you pull it out if you have a little bit of work to do? Like, yeah. I mean, not even 50 sheets is definitely bazooka or, you know, I mean, anything over a couple hours of tape, I would use a bazooka. Yeah. And I mean, now that I have it, I, I will because it's, it's very easy. To, like it's, I was intimidated at first, but it, nah. it's really easy to clean. Yeah, they ain't, they ain't no big deal. Um, so you you were taping. How were you taping? What 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 was your process? Um, with the compound tube or with the so you would put the, the mud you would put the mud on with the compound tube and then just go string the tape yeah. by hand. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So with the flat applicator head, I would use that. That applies the mud to my bevels and my butts. Uh, tape those, wipe them out, and then I would use my inside corner applicator, and that just That's so cool. puts the mud on inside the corner super quick, and then put the tape on by hand, roll it, and use a, a flusher um, to wipe out the tape, and then now you That's have so a, cool. pretty much a perfect corner in seconds, <laughs> um, and both edges are feathered. Yeah, I never saw that stuff. I mean, you know, when I was, but it's cool. Definitely the outside corner, like, cause I like to use tape on corner bead. So that outside, yeah. you know, if you're doing a bunch of windows or whatever, like that saves a ton of time, man. 
go around, cut all your oh, sticks, yeah. bust that thing out and just, bl- you know, blow them out in no time. Yeah. Like before I hopped on, um, I was just kind of, Oh, I'm at work right now, but I think I put on just, just full length corner beads. I didn't have to cut them down or anything, but I got eight of them on in like five minutes. Okay. Put the okay. mud on with the applicator head, rolled them, wiped them, and they're done. That okay. would have taken me probably up to an hour, maybe, to do by hand or bef- before I had the experience I have now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's cool. So let's go back to the transferring from getting a paycheck to earning your own paycheck. That's basically what we're talking about. I rely on this person to get me a paycheck. When you go on your own, there's no more There's no more of that. You're responsible for the quality of your work and you're responsible for hustling the money. And that's a big yeah. deal because it's you, there's not always work out there. So did you find it was lean? How did you get jobs when you first started out? Uh, my Instagram page really helped with that. Not necessarily getting any jobs, but just networking with people in the industry, yeah. uh, getting tips and feedback. And I mean, it, it has helped me uh, source out some jobs. Um, so right now I have a handful of uh, renovation contractors that's um, not not huge. So they might give me a job a month, every month or two sort of thing. Um, so between about four or five of those that fills yeah. up a good chunk of my time. Uh, and I also have a couple of contacts that will just take on like full subdivisions or new build projects and they kind of coordinate everything and sub out all the drywall finishing. And with those guys, I could kind of take on as much or as little as I want sort of thing. So yeah, them, I use that mostly to supplement my time between my own, uh, jobs that I source out for renovation contractors or even just directly to homeowners. Okay. But most of my work is for, for contractors. For contractors and new construction. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You like that? Is that your favorite form of uh, drywall finishing? Yeah. The the new construction is my favorite just because there's, again, like you show up, the site's clean, the materials are there. And I bring in my tools, I do my work, and and I leave. Well, sometimes the site's clean. Do you ever like show up and it's like a shit show? Like, <laughs> I remember jobs I mean, not, where it was like we'd show the up and there's like not not stuff the guys I've been working with. Okay, <laughs> I have seen that a lot in the past yeah. uh, with my yeah. with my old job and, and whatnot. But but no, I, I think I I lucked out. I found a local builder or local drywall contractor, and and I mean like a full job. So like for example. Like, would, there was jobs that I would take when I was still working for this renovation company, and they would have their carpenters hang the board. There was one basement. It was a 50-sheet job. I shit you not, I counted 260 proud screws like that I had to set properly before I could actually fill them. 260 on a 50-sheet job. My first not job acceptable. working for this not- builder. <laughs> no. I, it was ridiculous. That used to piss me off. On an like, entire job. Oh, okay. So 250 to two, that's that's quite quite a difference. Yeah. You've got a little delay. There's a little delay going on here. <laughs> We're going to have to use the old... Uh, the, the old... Uh, yeah, I'll edit it, but like, you know, how they used to in walkie-talkies, like, okay, it's your turn, over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I was just going to say like, maybe those guys running that screw, the, the drywall, uh, the drill didn't have their tip properly set. Could might be fair to say. Definitely not. No. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's funny. But it's also like, they don't do drywall all the time. So like they, they, they haven't seen a drywall project from start to finish. So they don't understand how much of an impact that actually has on the overall scope of work. Yeah, but Curtis, like if they any... were to finish that job, yeah, I could guarantee you they wouldn't leave any any screws proud after that. But right. they're like, they a they don't have the experience, and b they're not the ones finishing it. So who cares in their eyes? Right. I thought anybody knew how to finish and hang drywall, though, right? 
I mean, anybody could put drywall on the ceiling and walls doesn't mean it did a good job. <laughs> That's what I always say. I was like, like, and so I always put like somebody, somebody will post like this atrocious, like finish work. And they're like, the homeowner wants me to come in and fix this guy's crap. And I'm like, you know, more proof. Anybody can do it. Like, yes, anybody yeah. can, but not everybody can do it good. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, so how long ago was that? How long have, uh, have you had your own business now and you're pretty successful. It sounds like you're, you're moving along. You've got it's pretty steady work. Yeah. I've, uh, I, my first, I gave my last day at the renovation company was October 7th. That was a Friday and it was a long weekend. And my first day as an official business was the following Tuesday. And ever Crazy. since then, I've been working nonstop, taking off whatever time I need for personal stuff or just having time off or going to CSR. Yeah. I went to see my brother in Ohio. So I spent a week down there with him. And it's just not having to answer to anybody. It's nice that as long as you have your jobs done on time and in good quality, it doesn't matter if you're working there from nine to five every day. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, Camps from Ohio. Oh, okay. He's from a small town in Ohio. Yeah, interesting. And so, yeah, you have the freedom. You have more responsibility. Uh, you've got to yeah. pay. You got to pay for crap that you normally wouldn't have to pay for. Maybe some insurance. Uh, insurance. You know, do you have to get licensed up there? Uh, no, no, uh, no. You don't require. Okay. Um, a license to be a drywall contractor. Uh, I have my WSIB. 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 What is that? Uh, work safe or workplace safety something. It's it's just like um, it's it's like for uh, like if there's a serious injury or even a death on like the job site. It's it's just the overall job site safety um, okay. that's required to have um, as a business. And you pay for that monthly or something? Yeah, it's it's a percentage of uh, your payroll. Okay. Sounds like Canada's pretty chill to do drywall finishing, run a drywall finishing business in. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm just a little guy. Like it's it's just me. Like I'm not. It's not like I'm running uh, running a crew or running a whole team. Um, oh, okay. So maybe the bigger you get, the more kind of strict they are on some things. Yeah. But- yeah. Um, yeah. Do you aspire to have employees? Are you looking to train somebody? It, it would be nice. Um, I don't know if I'd want a full-time, like a, a big team of full-time employees, maybe one, one person, or even if I could find somebody that's kind of similar to me that wants to kind of go out on their own that I could just kind of, sub them on to a job with me or something like that, where I'm not required to feed them work every day, nine to five. It's like, Mm -hmm. I have this big job coming up for, it's going to take two weeks, come help sort of thing. So yeah, that, that would be nice. Um, in the future, I, I would like to, I mean, far in the future, like years from now when I'm can't quite run the tools like I do now, I'd like to obviously have a team kind of doing the hard work for me, but, uh, for now, yeah, it's just going to be me, maybe the odd guy helping here or there. Um, but I don't, I don't think, I don't think I do want any employees, at least not for the short term future. Yeah. It's kind of nice working by yourself, huh? It was hard for me to hustle work early on. So cool. Uh, what's the future hold for Curtis Fa? Um, hopefully just. Keep getting more bigger jobs. Like more right now, the jobs. biggest job I've done is only five thousand feet. It was just a just a townhouse. Right now, I am in a in another apartment complex where I am doing multiple units at a time. So there is a little bit more footage there. Yeah. But if I could get a big, maybe ten to fifteen thousand foot house, I could get one of those every two weeks, and maybe work for two months on take two weeks off, two months on, two weeks off sort of thing. If I, if I could make, if I could make 
80 grand take home and be able to work 10 months out of the year, I'm going to be happy. That's smart. And that, that gives me, that gives me the freedom to, to do things with my wife. That gives me the freedom to do things with, well, not a family yet, but do things with my family when it comes time for that. That gives me the freedom to do things that I want to do for myself too. Yeah. Yeah. Like what, what do you, uh, what do you, what do you enjoy? Do you enjoy traveling? Do you like to, uh, play musical instruments? Yeah. My biggest thing, um, right now is, uh, bowling actually 10 pin bowling. That was a huge in my family growing up and I like to travel to compete for bowling. So I'll go to Buffalo, New York a lot. Uh, I actually, a little bit of a backstory. My brother, he is a professional bowler. So he bowls on the PBA tour. Shut up. the first Canadian (laughs) to win a tour title. So that was cool to see. He won, uh, won 40 grand on TV like a few years back and he's been competing on there full time ever since. What's your brother's uh, name? So I got to uh, Graham, Grandpa. Grandpa. Yeah. So yeah, I, I like to compete in as many tournaments as possible, and there's not a lot of money to be made on the amateur level, but it's enjoyable. There is some money to make, and I mean, you you see the same people at every bowling tournament, so they sort of become your family. Yeah, yeah. What's a, what's an average score for an amateur like Curtis? Uh, you know, what kind of scores are you pulling versus your brother? Uh, me, I'm I'm about a two twenty average. He's probably about a two thirty, two forty. Okay, all right. So you got to be you got to be around that two thirty, two forty level to be pro. Give or take, yeah. I mean, like they. What they bowl on in their professional tournaments is a lot different than what you would bowl on just going into a bowling alley. Like the, the lane conditions are, are a lot more challenging for those professional tournaments. So you have a lot less room for error. What so do you mean? What do you, average, what do you mean they're more the lanes? Lanes a lane, right? Oh, that's a whole other rabbit hole to fall down. Uh, they, they, <laughs> so they, they oil the lane. Sure. Um, so the lane's 60 feet. And they change the distance of oil. So generally, they oil 40 of the 60 feet of the lane. Okay. Um, and that kind of dictates how much or how little a bowling ball will hook. Um, and they, okay. they change the, the amount of oil they put down. They change where they put the oil. And they change the distance of the oil. And okay. all, the, all those factors kind of factor in how the lanes are going to play. And that also dictates scoring pace. So, like, for example, my league on a just a typical house oil pattern it's made to basically funnel the ball to the head pin for you to strike yeah so i could bowl i could easily bowl 230s 240s on that but when i go to a tournament where it's a tournament condition i'll be struggling to shoot 200 okay the room for error just isn't built into the pattern ah man that is but it's all fact. so it's all guess yeah i did not know that um that is that is very interesting so when you're bowling pro uh not only does the lane have to be dialed but you have to be really dialed in yeah each you shot have about five to ten inches of room to miss left or left or right and still strike on your typical house shot you have okay. one to two inches miss room on a okay on a tournament shot okay interesting that's cool to know uh my guy jack he likes to bowl he's got like a bowling ball you know i don't don't think he competes or anything but uh he he enjoys it we went out once and he was very he was good you know um yeah you know i i like to go out you know just like anybody go out and just shoot sometimes but you know i'm i'm a novice when it comes to like bowling golf um cool and so uh maybe maybe incorporating some fresco did i i gave you a sample right did you try out the sample yet yeah yeah i took on the sample i was hoping to do a feature wall in my bedroom with that but unfortunately my wife isn't the biggest fan of the color oh okay that it's a bad product she just doesn't like the the color that that was there we we had yeah beige yeah color walls beforehand no no over it but uh, yeah, now that CSR is going to be covering that, uh, going to be carrying that, I definitely want to get 
a color that she would like to do. And yeah. I'll do a, a feature wall in my bedroom. Yeah, get the ball rolling now and tell her to go online. Be like, hey, go online. There's a bunch of colors. Go pick a color. You want to try a color? You I know? took home one of your pamphlets, so I have all the uh, I have all the yeah. options. And also, this go this holds true for anyone. I am a good resource for questions about color too. If somebody has a question about like, you know, what's does this color go or. Um, even like, you know, they translate differently. The color, once it's mixed on a sample looks different than the color chart. I mean, there's just, you have to make a sample. The color chart's just a springboard sort of to, you know, check color out from, but you know, if you, you know, especially grays, grays are really hard, you know, um, uh, Joe Loden, uh, message excuse me, he messaged me yesterday and was like, hey man, do you have a lighter gray than JJ Ash? Or can I dilute the JJ Ash? And I was like, oh, well, Hesher Port, it doesn't look like it on the custom color page of the website, but Hesher Port is a very nice light gray. So I was able to answer his question and be like, no, you don't need a custom color to tweak your colors or anything. Use Hesher Port and that should be the good color for you, you know. Go ahead. What really interests me is that how you were you were adding some uh, pigment, right? Like you were adding some gold pigment and some co copper pigment to your to your fresco. Yeah, so that is a metallic. That's a modern masters metallic. So the sealer has a metallic in it. Okay. So two things yeah. occur, like the job that the job that uh, Cam just worked on. We did Patterson Snow. It's a white. You know, there's different shades of white. They're very subtle. There's different shades of white. Patterson Snow is our whitest white on the color chart. And then we swirled in Modern Masters White Pearl. So it's a metallic product that you buy from Modern Masters. They got like 40 different metallics that you can use, but I've got like a couple of metallics that I like. And there's a few videos on the YouTube page, but you swirl in a little bit of that pearl with colors like gallery pearl, you know, Shane's extra white Patterson snow. It looks really good. You know, grays, you can even swirl in the, the pearl with that, with those as well. You can use one metallic for multiple colors of fresco to get, to achieve different looks. And then we yeah. also recently, we started selling uh, the pearl sealer. So basically I'm putting the pearl, a uh, uh, formulated amount in the sealer you could do that too at home you can add any metallic you want to the sealer and create color that way topical you know over the surface uh there's just like endless possibilities what i've been telling cam a lot and the job we're on now is it's uh it's a commercial space for my wife and she wants it really chill really subtle patterson snow over Patterson snow satin sealer. And so we're concentrating on just keeping it simple, you know, like we're not doing yeah. anything. We're not doing anything flashy or loud. Like, and a, most of the jobs are very simple. You know, the, the challenge with plaster, or any specialty wall finish is to keep it chill, keep it simple. You mm -hmm. know, that's a good, and that's a good place to start. Don't get too crazy out of the gate, man. Just keep it simple do one color, do the same color over the same color, seal it, you know, and then as you get some jobs and get more familiar with mixing and just doing one technique, then start expanding into other techniques. That's just my suggestion to people. Yeah. Now, have you ever worked with epoxy? Because yeah. I've done a little bit of epoxy work and you can get like metallic pigments that you can mix into your epoxy to change the color. I'm curious, yeah. would those same pigments be compatible with the Fresco Harmony? Well, the, so the metallic that I'm using is not a pigment, it's actual paint. That's a paint. There's okay. a different. There's a difference between pigment and paint. And then there's also a difference between pigments. You've got liquid pigments, you've got powder pigments. The metallic is an actual paint there's a there's a uh, modern masters you could go on their website or wherever and look up modern masters metallics and there's actually a brochure with like 60 metallic colors of paint like okay. they they normally would use it for like a really like when you want to paint something with like metal flake that looks like it has metal flake 
But when you use the metallics by themselves, they look gaudy. They look like uh, ugly. You know, it's too much. But mm-hmm. when you when you use them kind of the way I use them, they're sparingly, or you just put a shimmer over the wall by adding it to the sealer. It looks very cool. You know, it's just subtle. Yeah, and like a little little flare. Yeah, I, I saw some pictures online. I think might might have been the the copper metallic you used or something along those lines. But it, it yeah, looked pretty neat. Yeah, the new copper that I've I've been using from Modern Masters is actually a gold. It's called like gold something but it's like so they have like six shades of gold metallics in within the modern masters metallic line there's a bunch of golds there's a bunch of coppers i don't like any of the coppers though because they look too red too pink um there's a bunch of silvers you know there's a color called statuary bronze that's really pretty that looks good with modern masters uh, or uh, sorry uh Miriam mocha the fresco harmony color Miriam mocha looks really good with uh statuary bronze gorgeous finish okay. really rich yeah um so i'm also open to suggestions that people might have about color hey she wants like a dark maroon do you have any suggestions hey she wants like a really light beige or she wants a light gray, you know, cause that happens a lot. And I'm like, oh yeah, you should use, check out this, you know, this has a little undertone of green or something. Cause I mean, I use the colors for years. I can, you know, even, even the custom colors, you know, they're like filed in my head, you know? Yeah. But uh, yeah, when we go up for the training, so we'll talk about all that kind of stuff, go over some, a couple of different techniques and um, mostly talk about how to sell it though, you know, how to sell it to your clients, something, something on the side that you can offer where you can make a little extra money for doing less work. You know, you're doing less work. You're the builders getting a beautiful wall and the homeowners getting this like gorgeous finish. You're making extra money. Everybody wins. I'm selling yeah. CSR, CSR selling product. I'm selling product. You know, that's the goal. I mean, when you put it that way, you're almost stupid. Not to it. it's I'm, you know, I mean, cam's really seeing like he's on a hard one right now. It's been pretty funny. He, uh, He's, he was struggling yesterday a little bit. I went on and helped him for like two hours and it wasn't, he, he's not struggling with the application, but like sometimes you run into scenarios like remodel scenarios, this building's like old and there's like exposed pipe all over and like wires sticking down, like security wires and, you know, just crap all over the woods, you know, patches, ugly texture that we're covering up heavy. You know, we've gone through like 10 color packs of patterson snow you know he's just in it man you know and he's like on vacation you know but i'm like dude you want to come down here and do fresco well i got fresco for you well you know we ain't gonna be in no studio like playing around with like samples it's i'm gonna throw you on i'll throw you on a job like you know see if you can swim Yeah. Uh, so he was getting challenged a little bit, which is good. That's what I want. You know, I mean, hope, you know, if, if somebody comes down here to train or learn, I want them to learn something, not, not like, you know, have something to go back where they can really sell it, you know? Yeah. He's a bowler. Who knew? That's right. I had to change change my email because it was my old personal email is, I think it's like cf.bowling something. Oh, there you go. I need need to make a professional business email. Sure, sure. Emailing a random bowler. And if somebody wants to get a hold of Curtis, what are your, uh, what's the best way? Do you, are you on YouTube? Uh, YouTube, website, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok. I mean, what do you what do you go on the most? Yeah, for for my business, hundred uh, percent would be uh, Instagram. I have all, all my contact information's on there. If, if anyone's interested in, in me doing some work for them, um, and I have a bunch of videos and pictures of, of all my work, the process of how I do my work. Um, so pretty much what you see is, is what you're going to get, um, in terms of if someone wants me to do their work, they're going to, that's, 
you go on my Instagram page and, and that, that's what you're going to get. So okay. reach out, uh, I think it's just, just spot finishing on Instagram. That'll be the best bet. Okay. Um, I do have a, a YouTube channel, but that's, uh, that's, that's another story that, that that's not related to drywall. Okay. Are that you, was, it's, uh, you can start multiple pages too on YouTube. Just FYI. It's not that difficult. Yeah. I, um, I think I tried to do like a drywall video on YouTube and um, put it up there, but didn't didn't really get any. any it's views, not, any you know what? It's not about that. It's about like like let's say you have a client and they. It's, for me, it's very useful because somebody's like, "Well, how do you do the base coat?" And I'm like, "Here's a video, and I can take it and I can share it to your phone from YouTube." So it's not about, yeah. it's more about convenient. It's a convenient place to store your videos where you can share them efficiently, you know? Um, right. So I would, I would, I would take that into consideration or you could go on and do your own review of the KM tools and post something about doing an outside corner or something and be like, you know, this is why I like the KM or your experience with the North star taper, you know, be like, I just got this baby. Yeah. It's got my engraving in it. Here's watch me run it and then have some clips of you running, you know, and then you can take that and post it to one of the drywall groups and those guys can pick on you. But yeah, hundred um, percent. And, and I am kind of using my Instagram page for that purpose. Okay. Just more breaking it down into like minute reels okay. um, at a time. So definitely would be a good, a good platform to, have longer videos and more in-depth videos yeah more yeah and more detail um but honestly just not really something i even considered yeah. until now and you're younger too though i mean you're younger so you're more you're more in tune with that uh the there's a generational gap where uh like cam's there too you know the reels are a very big deal his he's got a tiktok one of the videos he threw up with TikTok where he's running the sealer has almost a million views. It's crazy. And why oh, wow. that why that video went viral, who knows? Um, but it it's blown up my my Instagram a little bit. Uh, you know, but the reel has like over 300, you know, so he shared it with Fresco Harmony and it, that has over 300. So that's a different, that's a different thing you know, then how to videos or, uh, videos where you're talking about the tools, you know, doing like a testimonial or something. Um, I think there's different, yeah. there's different approaches for different platforms. No, hundred percent. Yeah. And you, you dabble on Facebook, but not, and that's fa, fa finishing as well. F A W F I N I. Is it two N's one N F I N I S H one N. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're on Facebook as well. Is it Curtis Fa or uh, Fa yeah. Finishing? Yeah, just just Curtis. I just recently started sharing what I would post to Instagram on my Facebook page. Okay. Not a lot of people, not everybody has has Instagram. So okay. I just started clicking that button, like share to Facebook too. So some of okay. my family and some people, just really my personal friends on my friends list will see it, but it's just gives it gives the opportunity for a few more people to watch it. Yeah. And I have two, I have two different, three different, I mean, profiles on my Facebook and Instagram. So to separate out all my personal stuff from, you know, from now the dry, the drywall podcast and Fresco Harmony. So, you know, right. that's a, that's a bit overwhelming, but uh, I think it's important to separate that stuff out a little bit. Yeah, for sure. And no uh, website. Not yet. Working on it. You do want to have a have website. A, yeah, I have a good good friend of mine that she's a uh, um, a graphic designer. So she did all my all my logos, um, what you see on my Instagram. Uh, I like business it. Cards. Yeah. Um, she did my decal for my van, which I'm getting a couple more bigger ones. Uh, okay. Some shirts. Nice. Not the major, just something to wear, you know, something to represent. Yeah. I and just then, yeah, used that, be... I just used Bombfire. Uh, that was very efficient. Um, I ordered for, a couple for shirts. For shirts. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
that it, it was extremely efficient, uh, a good way to do it. And it wasn't crazy expensive. You know, obviously the more you order, the better it is, but, uh, pretty cool, pretty cool. And then, um, that is smart because a lot of, I think, I feel like websites kind of waning, but I do think it's a cool thing to have. If you can get hooked up with somebody that can get you a, a website, uh, at a decent rate, a decent price, something even simple, a lot of drywallers, um, don't have websites and, and yeah. a lot of people want to go, like if I'm doing a homeowner's house, they want to go to the website and check it out. Like you know, and I think that would be a neat, and this is just for all finishers out there. I think if you're on your own or run your own business, I think it's pro and you can do just a page, some, some photos, a photo of you, some photos of your work, you know, maybe you're something ethical that you think is important to humanity and like, leave it out there. And like, you know, it's a, just a place that shows your clients that like, oh, this guy is professional. All the other eight drywallers finishers that I went and looked at to bid this job didn't have websites, but Curtis does. That's cool. You know? Right. Yeah. It's something that, that'll definitely set you apart from not, maybe not everybody, but definitely put you ahead in terms of who's out there doing, doing some drywall finishing. Heck yeah. What's your pearl of wisdom, Curtis? A pearl of wisdom. <laughs> now instill a pearl of wisdom to all your fellow drywallers out there. What would you say? Mm. Take your your bootstraps off when you're wearing stilts first. Keep your shin strapped in first and keep them strapped in last. Otherwise, you could potentially break your ankle. <laughs> Oh, yeah. and, and have you, and why do you say that? Do you have like an experience where you know of somebody like compound fracturing their shin or something? Oh, no. I mean, I, I had a, not a fall. I almost had a fall. Luckily, it was only on my, my short stilts. Mm -hmm. It was one of those things that I was just, just working in the zone and went to go take, take them off. And I took off the, the shin strap first. And then second later, lost my balance and kind of had a little dance to, to recoup my balance, but, but yeah, luckily I didn't, didn't tip over. Cause if I did, okay. that, that would just rip your ankle apart. So you're saying, you're saying boot then shin, correct? Or shin then boot. Yeah. To take, yeah. To take off, keep, keep your shin strap on. Okay. Take your shin strap on off last. Okay. All right. Good tip. Good tip. Uh, Curtis Foe, thank you so much for being on the drywall podcast today. How cool is this, man? You're up in, awesome. you're up in Canada. I'm down here in Albuquerque. It's kind of like there were some cars with snow. Santa Fe's getting snow. It's cold down here. 22 today. Probably nothing like what you're used to getting, but, uh, we get excited when we get a little snow. <laughs> yeah, we, we have, well, you can see, we have a little bit out there. Not a whole lot. It's it's pretty mild right now. Not bad. Not um, bad. Just below freezing, but I'm sure it's going to get bad. Yeah. Anytime soon now. Canadian winters are real. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for being on the drywall podcast today. Um, we'll probably see you at the training. Hopefully I'll do a lot of posting about it very soon. I'll start, you know, okay. I'll start, I'll start turning the crank as soon as they get the product up online. I'm going to start advertising and saying like, you know, we're, yeah. su we're super stoked to be up, you know, on this website, check it out. You do a lot of promotion, but, uh, there will be firm dates for a training coming up at CSR and uh, I'll be there and yeah, hopefully we can get some people there that are interested and, and play around with colored mud. It would just be fun. Yeah. I'll, I'll definitely be there. I don't have anyone to do anymore. I'm sitting at work here on a bench doing a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. Uh, I hope, I hope you have a fantastic day and let's keep in touch and we'll talk soon, man. Awesome. Thank you very much, Nick. This has been a pleasure. All right. Me too. Talk to you soon. Yeah. Bye. Special thanks to Curtis Fa for being 
With us on the Drywall Podcast today, I certainly enjoyed your perspective and I hope our listeners did as well. The Drywall Podcast can be listened to every Friday on your favorite platforms such as Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and also YouTube. The Drywall Podcast was brought to you exclusively by Fresco Harmony. Fresco Harmony, making walls better since 2004. If you have questions about Fresco Harmony, about the Drywall Podcast, you want to say hi, anything, you can email me at info at frescoharmony.com. Thank you so much for listening to the Drywall Podcast today. I appreciate it. And be sure to join us next Friday as we dive into the world of drywall junkies. Until then, keep drywalling.